for checking out Real Talk Personal Finance. Shit's about to get real. Cashflow King with you today. And today in episode 64, we're going to talk about changing property management companies and insurance agencies. Thanks so much for checking out the show. We really do appreciate it. I think most of you probably heard the announcement on the last episode on the 2024 IRS limits, but for the rest of the year, our premium membership premium is going down to only $3 a month. So if you're in the gift giving holiday approaching spirit and you want to benefit from some of the premium premium benefits of the podcast, things like exclusive private episodes that are only available to premium members, quarterly newsletters, discounts on merch. They make great gifts, by the way. You get your own promo code for right now, 25% off any of the merch. Those that are not premium only get 10 if you get the code from the show notes. And again, there are several other benefits. We give you a shout out on the podcast, the whole nine yards. It's really, really nice. We send you a quarterly newsletter and um, we really do appreciate everybody's support. We really don't make much, if any, money from the show, but it helps us subsidize our cost of carrying the show, hosting the episodes, those sorts of things. So that's pretty much where the money goes. I think I used some of the funds to buy Cube Crusher, his own headset and microphone at one point, so he had some better quality sound. So the money pretty much goes back into the show. It's not like we're taking it to Vegas with us, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, November trip, feel free to come out, email the show, realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. Happy to buy you a drink if anybody's in the Vegas area. All right, so it's probably no secret to many of you that real estate has had its set of challenges, and that will likely continue, at least in the near future, in a lot of ways, right? But there are, especially in the commercial space, there are some companies out there, one of which, by the way, I forgot to mention this on the premium thing, uh, Cashflow King's favorite. So I put out a PDF document periodically of things that I like, whether it's credit cards or high yield accounts or you know syndication companies. And in this particular case, that's what brought this to mind because I got an email just yesterday, as a matter of fact, from one of the companies that I put out on Cashflow King's favorites to our premium subscribers. And they were talking about actually exiting a property and, and gave some statistics about a couple of their funds and some of their deals that have gone full cycle, including this one right here. Uh, and not to brag or anything, it just so happens I'm not actually in this particular fund that's selling this particular property, but they did send it out to all their investors, myself included. I'm one in one of their other funds. And they have a property that they are getting rid of here. Let's see. Self-storage in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And they acquired that back in November of 2019 for just under $11 million and sold it in August of 2023 for just north of $17 million. And according to what they had reported, they projected initially that the internal rate of return was going to be about 32%, and the multiple was about a 2.2. turns out that at the property level, they're saying that this generated a 40% IRR, which again, in a lot of cases, isn't really all that common or something that you should come to expect, but this particular group has really just been lighting it on fire. And the property level uh, multiple of 2.6, and that all happened in a period of just under four years. And so, you know, they're doing some really good things out there. I feel very comfortable with them. I'm not going to talk about them all that much on today's show. This is about something different. But again, for those premium subscribers, you know, again, if you're interested in becoming premium, 
go in the show notes, check out, click on the link that says become a premium member today. It's only three bucks a month and you'll get access to some of this information in terms of the companies that we're doing deals with. And I shouldn't say doing deals with companies that I'm personally investing in or other things that I think would be of benefit for our listeners to know about that I'm not just going to blindly broadcast out there to the general public. But again, if you're a premium subscriber, we have sort of a close knit circle there that we send some things out to. And this is an example of one of those items. Okay. So today's episode is on changing property management companies and insurance agencies. And so many of you know, I've talked about this in the show many different times that I do several different things as far as real estate investing goes, including some turnkey single family rental properties. And so we still have those and have them essentially with two different property management companies. The vast majority of them were with one company and we had just one property, believe it or not, that was with another group. And that's a whole separate story, but basically it got to the point where I was tired of dealing with two different property insurance companies. I was tired of dealing with two different insurance agencies and two different sets of reports and having to issue two different sets of 1099 NECs, you know, every year. And so I finally made the decision that I wanted to go ahead to the extent possible and try to simplify things. And I know this is one of Cube Crusher's themes is keeping things simple. And he would probably argue that investing in real estate can be anything but simple. But if you're going to invest in real estate for the benefits it provides, which again are beyond the scope of today's show, you probably heard about those on some other shows, then you want to try to make things as, I think, seamless as possible to the extent that you can. So I made a decision to go ahead and say, you know what, I am going to go down to one property management company, the one that I think was managing a little bit better. I think their pricing was a little more fair. I think that they were uh, quite a bit more responsive. And so I decided that I wanted to go in that direction. So the first thing I did was actually go to the property management company that we have the majority of them with and simply ask the question, hey, I do have another property. It's managed by such and such. I'm thinking about bringing it over to you guys. And oh, by the way, I happen to see on one of your marketing pieces recently that cash buyers for new properties with you guys actually get a reduced management rate of 8% instead of 10%. Um, is it possible that could apply in this situation or how many properties does one need to have in order to make that happen? And so they wrote back and pretty much said, here's the number that you typically need to have. You're right on the threshold. However, if you are considering or end up bringing that property over to us, we will go ahead and take your property management fee from 10% down to 8%, which doesn't sound like a lot, 2%, what's the big deal? But believe it or not, that will add up over time. Had they said no, that would not have changed my decision to move over to them because I believe if you have a good property manager, they're worth their weight in gold. So I happily would have continued to pay 10%. But I noticed in some of their marketing materials lately that for investors that are doing their in-house financing and investors that are buying properties from them and paying cash that they are offering 8%. So for them to promote that and put that out there in writing, I thought, well, it doesn't hurt to ask. And so that's what I did. And they decided, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll give you the 8%. So I said, okay, fine. So the first thing that I needed to do at that point, or the next thing I needed to do at that point was take a look at my property management agreement that I had signed with this other company. Every firm is going to require you to give a certain amount of notice and you want to make sure, ideally you want to make sure before you sign anything, but certainly before you give your intent to terminate a contract, you want to make sure you understand the parameters within which you can do that. I remember reading some time ago, I was thinking about buying properties with another group 
and I ended up getting a hold of their property management agreement. And oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. Like they had some ridiculous, if you terminate this contract, we're going to charge you, I forget what it was, two or three months of gross rent. And if you ever go to list this property, if we don't, if we're not the listing agent and we don't sell it for you, then we're entitled to X percent commission on the sale of that property, even if it's sold by another agent or broker. And even if that means that you as the seller have to pay that, like there's some crazy, and I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck is going to sign this? And clearly I didn't, but people do. And sometimes people just sign things, I think, blindly without really taking the time to read through them. So that would be my first thing is if you're working with a property management company of any kind or considering doing that, first of all, good, because as I've said before, I think life's too short for property management. They're great at what they do, but I don't want to be the one doing it. You may feel differently and that's okay, but hopefully you're at least considering outsourcing that aspect of your rental business. But you always want to make sure that you are reading any agreements before you enter into them. So that would be, I guess, lesson number one, if you will. So anyway, I took a look at the agreement that I signed and pretty much said I needed to give at least 30 days notice. And they had some weird clause in there, like notice is considered given on the first of the month following the notice, blah, 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 blah. I ended up giving them closer to 45 days, gave them plenty of time, said, hey, look, really appreciate my time with you guys. Um, I have some other properties that are managed by another group. I'm trying to simplify things, nothing bad against you at all but I, this is you know, my official notice to transfer this property over to this other group, yada, yada, yada. And that was it. And they, they were really nice. They wrote back, very matter of fact, hey, you know, we're acknowledging receipt of your email, so on and so forth. In the meantime, I'm talking to the company that I'm moving the property to and letting them know what's going on. Obviously, I did that leading up to this when we had the whole 10 to 8% conversation. And they have somebody that's specifically in charge of sort of onboarding and transitions. So I got them involved and gave them the information for the company that I was leaving. And she was nice enough to send an email with a copy to me and over to them about, hey, you know, we understand we're going to be taking over management of this property. Here's the address where the tenant security deposit can go, so on and so forth. And very, very nice, but also very matter of fact. And, you know, everything seemed okay until all of a sudden I would follow up periodically, you know, in a couple of weeks and be like, hey, how's it going? Is there anything else that you need? And we had to nudge the existing property management company a time or two. And again, one of the reasons that I decided to change from them was their lack of responsiveness in, in a lot of cases. And finally, they were able to get the the company that was taking over everything that they needed. They ended up ultimately sending over the security deposit, the whole nine yards. They notified the tenant and everything went smoothly. That tenant is still in that property right now. And, and we're actually getting ready to um, renew that lease, hopefully uh, in the next couple of months at a slight, uh, slight increase, about a little bit over 4% of an increase. So we're not really looking to gouge anybody by any means, but you know, property taxes and insurance continue to go up. And so we got to cover our costs there as, as property owners as well. So that was part of it is, is changing over to, you know, the other property management company. Once that happened, the, I needed to keep an eye on my monthly report. And I even asked them specifically like, Hey, just want to check in and make sure that like all the properties, not just the one that I'm transferring, but all the properties have been moved to the 8%, you know, management fee. And they assured me that that was the case. And then I looked at my property management report and about half of them were, and half of them weren't. I don't think they did anything malicious or egregious or anything like that, but I do think it was an oversight on their part. And I think that most people would just assume, take their word at face value that it was done when in reality it wasn't. So I nicely went back and said, Hey, 
took a look at this month's report. It looks like these properties are still at 10. These properties are already at eight. Can you take a look at this? And they said, hey, yeah, we're real sorry about that. We went ahead and made the adjustment. And they actually sent me the 2% difference you know, through ACH like they would normally send the rental income uh, for the difference between the 10% and the 8%, which was, which was nice. So that was get every, getting everything on board from a property management company standpoint. So now I have one company that I'm dealing with as opposed to two for that particular market, and that's fine. The other thing I wanted to do from an insurance standpoint was have everything with one agency. And similar to the majority of the properties with this one PM group, I had the majority of the property insurance policies with this one agency. And then there was this one-off over on the other side, which was with a different management company and also a property insurance policy with a different agency. Initially, I was just trying to take the one and move it over into sort of the basket of the other ones that I had with that other agency. And the owner, I won't say who they are, but the owner of that agency, super nice guy, but he's somewhat removed and has a lot of people working for him. And I've talked to him several times, but he has several people working for him that pretty much handle the day-to-day operations. Well, he decided to put me in contact with his right-hand man, and you know, I called a couple different times, left messages for him, and quite frankly, the guy never got back to me, and that really pissed me off. And then I said, hey, you know, uh, I know, you know me and the owner, we talked about this. Can you please provide an updated quote for this particular property? It seems a little bit off. And finally, the other guy responded via email and pretty much said, the quote we sent you originally is still valid and didn't even bother to, you know, talk to the owner about the conversation I had with him and how we were going to try to get the premium down a little bit and all these sorts of things. So finally I said, you know what? Fuck it. It's going to be a pain in the ass for me, but I'm just going to take my business elsewhere. So I went to the agency that had just the one policy and said, Hey, I got a list of properties here that I would like for you guys to give me a quote on. And they did. And the ironic thing was they're insured essentially through the same program. There's different insurance programs out there. Some of them are specifically catered to uh, investors that have investment property. They're essentially landlord policies. So it's not your typical, you know, all state state farm type of, you know, boilerplate. Hey, I'm just going to insure this one-off property. These are actually essentially group type of policies because a lot of their investors that work with a particular turnkey group might be utilizing them. And the more investors they have in that particular, with that particular turnkey outfit, the better the pricing they can normally provide. So they gave me the breakdown and all in all, it was pretty much a wash. I think I was saving a little bit of money, but some of the individual policies were going to be a little bit more. Some of the individual policies were going to be a little bit less. I also had to switch over that one policy from property management company A to property management company B, the one that stayed with that Um, one-off insurance agency. And so there was a lot of movement as far as that goes. But finally, we got all that taken care of. The agency that had the majority of the policies, I let them know my intentions to cancel, that I had coverage in place with this other agency, effective on such and such date, and that, you know, I needed them to go ahead and cancel the policies I had with them. So they did. And They said it can take, you know, up to 60 days for any return of unearned premium to be sent back to you. I said, yeah, that's fine. And to this day, I think I've gotten essentially all of them. There's one property that I'm still waiting on. I reached out to them actually earlier today before recording this podcast. But that was kind of a pain in the ass because now the mortgage servicer, which is another party that happens to be involved in the situation, they're the ones that because I escrow for taxes and insurance, they have to send out 
these property insurance payments. So they've already sent out the normal payments spread between the two insurance agencies. Now I've canceled a bunch of them with one agency and moved those over to another one, and they have to reissue new payments on those properties for these new policies with this with this other agency. So needless to say, the escrow account pretty much you know got uh, on on those came down quite a bit to the point where in in a couple cases it was actually negative and they had to do I believe they called it an escrow advance because it is the mortgage services responsibility to make sure that if you're escrowing for property taxes and insurance that your property taxes and property insurance are paid regardless of whether or not you have funds in your escrow account and a lot of people don't realize that now they're going to do an escrow analysis typically every year and adjust your mortgage payment as a whole if and when it's needed for the taxes and insurance portion for the escrow. But in the meantime, when premium payments are due, they need to be in property taxes are due. They need to be the ones that are sending out those funds regardless of what's in that escrow account. So what ended up happening, like I just said, was that in you know a couple cases, those dipped down to either pretty low or in, in a couple cases negative, and they had to basically front the money. So I talked to them just, you know, in getting all this stuff straightened out, and they tried to make it sound like when I received those unearned premium checks, the refunds essentially from the canceled policies, that I needed to go online or mail them in and send them straight back into my escrow account with the mortgage servicer. And I specifically remember asking on a couple different occasions, is that actually required or are you just suggesting that? And I got kind of a roundabout answer, but it was strongly suggested or encouraged, but it was not required. And obviously they don't want to float you as the investor. They want to be using money that you know you have in your escrow account. And I get that. But at the same time, if I just immediately plow that money back into that escrow account, guess what? I'm not earning any interest on that. They might be, but I'm certainly not seeing anything from it. So I went ahead and again, this is kind of a six of one, a half a dozen of the other. So you might be sitting there thinking, who, who gives a shit, right? But I decided to go ahead when those checks came back and put them into savings accounts, essentially, for the rentals that already exist. I just padded those up a little bit so that I can earn a little bit of interest on it. And I went in to see when these annual escrow analyses were typically done. And I'll make sure to go ahead and move that money back into those escrow accounts before that happens so that hopefully my mortgage payment is not affected from a, an escrow standpoint. Otherwise, they will essentially jack the payment to make sure that you're essentially reestablishing what you need to have in that escrow account. But, you know, again, just a small hack, I guess, if you will. I don't think a lot of people go through the trouble of doing all this. And this certainly is not why I did all this. I was trying to simplify, as I mentioned, by consolidating into just the one PM company and the one insurance agency and having everything with, with each of those instead of having them, you know, in multiples. But decided to go ahead and take those unearned premiums and kind of put them to the side, earn a little bit of interest in the meantime, and I'll get them back into those escrow accounts, you know, when I need to. Uh, hopefully before they do their annual escrow analysis. Now, I don't know. It's possible that, you know, having those accounts dip below a certain point could trigger an automatic escrow analysis. And, you know, it's going to be like, well, ha, 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 you should have just, you know, put the money back in there because now we just went ahead and did it sooner. And if that happens, whatever, right? Again, six and one half doesn't know the other, the money's there. But that was just something else that I thought was pretty interesting. So here we are. Basically two months, I think I had all these changes effective on September 1st. So basically two full months past that now, we're into November, where the properties have been moved over to one property management company. 
the policies have been moved over to one insurance agency and things just seem to be going a little bit more smoothly. Ironically, on the property that I moved over, I've not had, knock on wood, any major repair bills yet. I feel like I was getting nickel and dimed when I had it with the old PM company. There was always something that was coming up, and I'm not saying that they weren't being legitimate. Hopefully they were, but I just kind of found it hard to believe that it seemed like you know every other month there was something going on that needed to... Uh, needed to be fixed. And in some cases they were related items They weren't exactly the same thing, but it, it just didn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. And they seem pricey for, for what it was. And they outsourced their, um, to different contractors, their repair work. And so they're probably making a little bit of a spread on it. And then the contractor has to make a profit on it. And so needless to say, the investor in this case, me ends up paying a little bit more. Whereas the group that I'm with now that I moved everything to, or moved that one house to that I have everything else with, that's a group where they have their own maintenance on staff that are, you know, their own W-2 folks. They're not typically outsourcing most of that type of work. So anyway, I've been wanting to record this episode for a while. I've alluded to it or mentioned it on other episodes before, and I kind of wanted to wait a little bit just to see how things played out with the PMs. I wanted to see how things played out with the insurance agencies. And, you know, so far, so good. Definitely a pain in the ass on the front end, but hopefully now we're off to the races and we have smooth sailing from here on out. So I just thought I would share that with you guys. Hopefully, you know, somebody found something interesting in there and that's somewhat helpful or useful to you. If you're ever considering going with a PM company, you, you know, know what to look for in those agreements. If you're considering changing or consolidating, you kind of have an idea of what to expect in terms of how much of a pain in the ass that this could be and the things that need to happen in order to make everything go, you know, more smoothly for you going forward in the future. So that is, um, pretty much what I had there. So we're going to make this another quick one. Thanks for tuning in to episode 64, changing PM companies and insurance agencies. This is the cash flow King with you. Don't forget, leave us a five-star review. If you feel like we've earned it. Also the premium premium subscription is now going to be down to three bucks a month for the rest of 2023. We are going to be doing a drawing coming into the end of the year. So in order to be eligible for that, you do need to be a premium subscriber. I'm probably going to do like an e-gift card or something like that and just draw somebody at random and give that to you. Just kind of a happy holidays type of thing. So uh, feel free to go ahead and get involved with that and become a premium subscriber to the show. And we will see you in the next episode. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. 